Welcome to Content Insiders, brought to you by Acrolinks, the AI-powered platform that eliminates content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at enterprise scale. For more information on Acrolinks, stay tuned until the end of this broadcast or visit us at www.acrolinks. In this episode of Content Insiders, Acrolinks CEO Volker Smith will speak with Jason O'Donnell, support content strategist at IBM, about the value of IBM's support content and how the practice of knowledge-centered services increases that value. Hello and good morning and good afternoon. Um, my name is Volker Smith, I'm CEO with Aqualinks. And I'm being joined by a great gentleman uh, called Jason uh, out of Portland. Jason, why don't you introduce yourself? Thank you, Volker. My name is Jason O'Donnell. I'm the IBM Enterprise Support Content Strategist. I work in the Center for Support Excellence within IBM. Uh, focused uh, on, of course, content strategy, as well as our, our KCS methodologies and uh, Acrolinks. Uh, I am the program lead for the Acrolinks program uh, within IBM support as well. Great. Well, actually, that leads me to my, not really to my first question, but when I look at enterprise content today, not specifically marketing content, but more knowledge content, I see some very surprising numbers for insiders, not so surprising. I think you mentioned in a previous interview that you overlook a content pool of 250,000 articles. Maybe this has grown over time. It certainly has not been reduced because this world is full of complexity. And so if I give each article a rough number of creation costs that I think is average is 2,500, I come up with a total sum of 625 million US dollars to create 250,000 pieces of articles. Still, nowhere in the PL, at least not visible, and or on the balance sheet, I see the cost or the value of this asset being created represented. That's very different to, let's say, how you manage stock rotation or other let's say money spent where normally the CFO would say, I have to get my hands around um, all this money spent. So I think neither the cost of content is being reflected and even to a lesser degree, the value of content really in hard dollars. Now, I can't imagine that you have your own very, very distinct view on these two phenomena. Uh, so Jason, over to you, what do you think? Absolutely, Volker. Uh, we, we do have a, a very particular view on this. Uh, I think through the, the maturity of a lot of support organizations that I've worked for, uh, IBM and, and outside of IBM as well, we see support uh, not necessarily uh, as the, the primary organization that, that receives funding for things as granular as content. Uh, what we've found, uh, what I've found in, in my past experience uh, and my current experience as well, is that a lot of content work can be uh, achieved, quote unquote, for free uh, by really rolling in the cost and the value into our support ticket efforts, our engineer efficiencies, the cost of uh, our support professionals and what it takes for them to close the ticket. A lot of that uh, really rolls into our use of the, the KCS paradigms, the KCS ideals, knowledge-centered service. 
knowledge-centered service, of course, uh, really guides us in how we capture the client question, how we capture the client's uh, issue, and then work to resolve that, uh, primarily through search, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us, of course, uh, having clear, concise, findable content is really critical to closing those cases. And we find that if we can get that content out early, if we can get that content uh, really uh, showing well in search, especially within support, that we're even able to avoid tickets. Uh, Case deflection is one of those key metrics that we can look at uh, around our content to really show a lot of that value that comes from our engineers' day-to-day case work. That uh, content really becomes the, the icing on the cake or, or just the, uh, the result of casework in general. So being able to, to connect those dots in terms of cost and value of content as an asset into that, that case closure, uh, either time to resolution reduction or uh, case deflection. Uh, those are really our, our key statements for value of content within the support organization. Well, then in summary, I think a pool of 250,000 articles that has grown over time and maintained over time helps you to reduce the amount of cases and in particular the time and human being efforts being spent on these cases. But there's a second dimension to it, isn't it? Because the one, these are internal metrics to be more efficient, but I would hope that also on the receiving side, the clients you see an improvement on customer satisfaction and maybe even an NPS score, a relational NPS score, because effectively you have helped them to close their cases faster. Do you also connect what you do to CSAT and NPS? Uh, We're definitely starting to look at at the CSAT and NPS on a a article by article basis. It becomes a little difficult, but Uh, We do tie in with our digital self-service MPS and really working on clear, concise, uh, quality content. uh, We absolutely tie into that improvement of MPS, which of course then we can also tie into particular dollar signs as well, uh, knowing that a a point of an MPS improvement uh, is equal to a particular uh, amount of money. Uh, really helps us uh, tie in that content quality perspective uh, into our NPS ratings and and client satisfaction. Uh, If clients are able to find and use our content in order to resolve their problems when they need it, uh, that absolutely plays into client satisfaction and, and improves our value statement even more. Wow, that's impressive. And if, when I look at the uh, that is from the outside again is I can imagine that you have this great pool of content and you have I don't know how many cases and that doesn't matter really but I can imagine that this is a closed loop because every day every week every month you will find out there are certain cases that you can already effectively support with content and then there are other cases where the amount of human being work in that case is still very high And that leads to the realization we probably need more content or different content or content with higher quality. How do you manage this closed loop of events? This must be agile and ongoing and never ending. It is absolutely agile, ongoing and never ending. Um, Maybe not necessarily a closed loop, but but a continual loop, right? Mm -hmm. That we're, we're 
constantly uh, looking at our content, looking to improve it. Again, through the KCS processes and, and that evolve loop, we're able to uh, generate our content with the client question, answer the client question with content, and then go back as we uh, encounter those questions coming in time and time again, we're able to review, edit, and improve that content in, in its own life cycle. So we're, we're really able to, to bring uh, additional value there through improving the, the content quality and clarity, uh, improving as we move forward, uh, as we mature as a, a KCS organization, or even just as a support organization, our engineers are maturing in, in their work efforts and knowledge. Uh, the overall uh, support organization and company matures as well. And we're really able to uh, massage our content to improve it and, and constantly improve in terms of findability, right? Getting that content in front of the client again, uh, improve it in terms of clarity as well. There's always room for improvement. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it is really a constant effort from our support engineers and knowledge managers, uh, librarians alike, uh, to make sure that our, our content is, is constantly maturing uh, throughout the product life cycle and the client journey. That makes great sense. And we talked about clarity just quickly. And there's another term that comes up in technical documentation, call deflection and CSET, and that's the term scannability. And specifically right. for the young generation, I think most of them are now trained to not spend a ton of time on content. For them, it's important that in less than five seconds, they can grasp the content in its entirety and come up with a resolution. So not only, this agile closed loop that we described earlier is important, but also all of a sudden this whole aspect of scannability, let alone facts like the language that you use must be free of discrimination and needs to be compliant and all of that needs to be checked and checked and checked. So the, the effects that are coming from the outside keeps growing. Would you agree? Absolutely, Volker. Uh, scannability is one of those key critical pieces to content as well, making sure that it's uh, from the KCS perspective, the KCS ideals or the KCS paradigm, that the content is good enough. Uh, it needs to be uh, clear and concise, uh, full ideas, not necessarily full sentences. So when you get into uh, key aspects or facets like scannability, you can look at things like uh, your bullet points and, and uh, step lists, right? Where the, the full idea is there, but you might not be writing in, in complete sentences. It's still clear and concise. And uh, tools like Acrolinks really definitely uh, help us achieve that. Uh, we can look at a large swath of content and quickly identify kind of where our content sits in terms of scannability, in terms of clarity. Uh, it really helps us uh, move our content forward uh, in that maturity cycle. Cool. And at the end, quick question, a quick look, or at least a try into the future. And it's always hard to overlook the future, uh, but let's, let's give it a try in that area, uh, content quality, content governance. What do you expect to come in the next two to three years? What are the important levers that will, help you to improve the efficiency and efficacy of, of your content? What are the main aspects or levers that I can take home and keep working on? Uh, I think what we've found that uh, in the next few years, the, the really key points to content quality, content efficiency, 
really play into uh, engineer efficiency and, and how our support professionals create content. Uh, more specifically, it plays into how we can remove barriers, how we can make it easier for our support engineers to create quality content that meets our standards, that meets our style, that meets our voice to make sure that all of our content is of that high quality that, that we've come to, to know and love that help our clients and to be able to, to create it and uh, publish it in the most effective and efficient manner possible. So uh, a lot of automation uh, is really coming into play. Mm -hmm. uh, use of, of AI, of course, as well. Uh, but the, those really are the kind of the key points in, in reducing engineer uh, time and, and energy expenditures in order to create the same or higher level quality content for our clients. Interesting. Last question. Hypothetically, everything that you describe within your organization relates to engineering and technical documentation. But holistically, if you say it needs content needs to be clear, it needs to fit our voice and our style and our terminology. Wouldn't these also be themes that would normally apply to other content pools like marketing content? So why is this Absolutely. restricted to technical content? It absolutely applies to all facets of content within uh, within our company and in any company, really. It, it's yes. not restricted to just technical content. Uh, we might have some slight style or voice differences between uh, marketing and technical, of course. Uh, in, in part, we want to be a little more conversational in some areas and, and a little more uh, technical or scientific in others. But uh, across the board, style voice really is applicable to sales marketing as well as support information development or product doc uh, it really is key to creating that that uh, idea that our organization is speaking uh, from the same perspective across the board yeah i think that's a great summary and also reminds me that i've read a great article from a person um, that has summarized her view on content in the following way. She said that she views content as being the HTO of a modern enterprise, holistically. And that's, that was by far the best description of the state of content that I've seen so far. And let's not forget, I think we have now connect 4.7 billion people connected to the internet and um, every search engine Bing or Google, they normally crawl about 60 billion pages every month uh, to refresh the index. So the amount of content has grown exponentially over time. And so even more critical it is that we maintain quality on content while this pool is growing exponentially. It's a heck of a Absolutely. Work. Absolutely. It's a beautiful perspective. Uh, and it, it does even bound beyond just uh, technical articles, right? As you said, it, it's marketing, it's sales, but it's also in product content as well. Uh, we wanna make sure that, that we have that focus on uh, not only our post sales content, but that we can hopefully use content to uh, avoid problems even within product, right? Yeah where we're not documenting ourselves out of a problem, we're actually working into uh, product enhancement and product fix to ensure we don't have to document post sales or, or post break fix that we can uh, improve our content clarity and, and efficiencies even within the product. 
Great, Jason, thank you very much to join me this morning. It's very early for you in Portland. I appreciate your time that you spent with me and I really actually would like to have an opportunity in the future when we are all back to be able to travel, which is a restriction right now, but there might, there will be a time in the future where we have an opportunity to re-meet then physically and continue the exchange of perspectives. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Volker. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to meeting you in person one day as well. All right. Thank you, Jason. Meet Peter Page. He's just your average piece of enterprise content, ready to engage, educate, and convert your target audience. But in the process of getting to your audience, your content has to pass through different teams and layers of approval. If your enterprise doesn't have a practice of active content governance, things can get messy. Content chaos happens when your content has a different style, tone, or terminology, depending on who writes it and where it is written. Maybe your content lacks a native level fluency or different teams use different words and phrases to describe your product to consumers. Content chaos slows down your content release schedule, impacts your budget, your brand awareness and your revenue. That's where Acrolinks comes in. Our platform captures the way your enterprise communicates, aligns your content with your guidelines and analyzes the performance of your entire content operation. We're an AI-powered platform that solves content chaos and delivers strategy-aligned content at scale. It supports development and product teams to write fluent, simple documentation and UI strings with maximum efficiency. Helps your marketing teams write consistent, engaging content for different target audiences across different channels and gives customer success teams more time to create knowledge articles and support content that customers can find and understand. Using the power of active content governance, Acrolinks manages content chaos so clear content gets to the right audience faster. Unify your content creators, experience efficient content creation at scale and deliver better content faster with Acrolinks. Contact us at www.acrolinks.com.